Welcome back into One Winning Pod, where we are going over a Ravens victory, road victory, Thursday night football, the very first time in Ravens franchise history this team has won a game on Thursday night football on the road in regulation. Remember, the only time previous to this was that game in Pittsburgh, but they won, that one was overtime, and quite honestly, they shouldn't have won that game. The, the Steelers' clock management at the end of the regulation there was, um, was so bad that I remember... I remember turning that game off into in just like depression because the Ravens were 0 3 to start that year and like I forget exactly what happened but the Steelers had the ball with with Mike Vick back there and like uh, like the Ravens had no time had like one timeout left maybe I don't know this is I, this as the history corner guy I feel like I should have researched this before going on this tangent but regardless <laughs> the Ravens had their first legitimate win on Thursday night football on the road in franchise history against a team with many good players that are not playing collectively well at the moment but still you know this is this has them at five and three and I don't know snap judgments man I'm I felt really good after this game maybe the best I felt after a win. Uh, since the Chargers game last year. What about you guys? Two games in a row, man. Finally got two wins. It's like we stopped flip-flopping. It felt pretty good overall. I mean, even even in the fourth quarter, like, it, you know, technically they were then a touchdown of winning this game, but honestly, for most of the fourth quarter, like, I felt pretty confident. Things were looking okay. Uh, we just needed a few plays to be able to close the game out, and we were able to get it. Yes. Uh, the second half was way better than the first. I remember after the first half, I was pretty, pretty down in the dumps. But the second half, man, was a total eraser of all negative opinions. We said before the show started, we wanted to talk about the offense first. Well, they only put up three points in the first half, which didn't feel great. But then they came out and scored three consecutive touchdowns and a field goal and felt much better. <laughs> so that's the offense we've been looking for all year. It was just really clicking. And... Uh, after the game, the question was asked, hey, why did you pass so much in the first half? You didn't run the ball. And apparently that was the plan. And a couple of players, you know, recited the same you know, company line, so to speak. The plan was to pass the ball a lot, tire them out, and then run it down their throats in the second half. And genius plan, if true. <laughs> I, I guess it was. I mean, unless they're all really good at lying. <laughs> I mean, in a way, they used the home field advantage against the Bucks. I mean, it, we saw last year the Ravens went down to Miami and had all that issue with the much warmer weather um, that's down there uh, at this time of year than up here, the humidity. Uh, I mean, it's humid here. It was even humider in Florida. Uh, so and I don't know if that was what their, um, why they were doing that or simply because they thought that that was their best chance against against this Bucks team. But yeah, in a way, they kind of flipped the script on on what was the issue or at least one of the big issues uh, outside of the zero cover blitz against the Dolphins last year in a way. Yeah, for sure. First half, definitely a little bit frustrating. I, I don't even know if it was necessarily the run pass split was frustrating, but it was just more of like the offense that we're kind of used to seeing sometimes when just things aren't working. It just runs aren't going for much. Dropbacks either end up in a sack or an incompletion. Or, you know, just not actually extending drives. Yeah, there's a lot that just, like, it was not really clicking in that first half. But, you know, and it also was a little unfortunate, you know, it was a fourth down, uh, kind of close in the red zone, went for it, 
weren't able to complete that. I still argue, I think Lamar could have been able to make it if he had a little bit of a better throw. I think he kind of threw it a little bit behind, uh, forcing Robinson to kind of go up for it, and the defender was able to catch up. And then the missed field goal right before the half, which was blocked. So, you know, it it could have been, you know, for, fortunately for the Ravens, obviously he came out with a win. You know, we're not, you know, um, you know, we don't have to have a discussion of whether whether to go for it or not. But, you know, it. I think, you know, if you look at it that way too, like even if they had taken the points, it would have been 10-9 to 9 at the half. That's, I mean, that's still pretty good. Obviously, you like to see touchdowns, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think we got to talk about the, the second half though, because yeah, I mean, we haven't seen, I, I can't even remember at this point, the last time I've seen three second half touchdowns from the Ravens. <laughs> it was something else, just the way to sort of close out the game there and they were playing so well with those touchdown drives that you had confidence the next time they got the ball that they were going to score more points because nothing felt worse, I think, than the initial three drives where the Ravens were gifted the muffed punt to give them really great field position on what was otherwise a relatively stalled drive. But they had to settle for three because they were unable to, you know, punch it in. The next drive... um, Three and out, Boyle was blown up on a play where Gus got no gain. And then the next one was uh, the absolutely brutal, you know, 13 personnel, four verts play where Lamar gets sacked and we have to punt the ball. And we're just like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, this is just just madness. Uh, you know, that that whole sequence ended in three points. Uh, and then maybe even the next drive, if you want to look into it, of that's the one where the OPI on Prochet was called and kind of stalled out the drive. Uh, Mandrews got hurt, and Stanley, you know, pulled for no good reason, and and there was a sack of Lamar. So just like they were just not clicking for a while there, and it just made for a lot of concern. It did. If we're looking at the microcosm of the offense, um, I think something that made it more bearable was, I mean, we'll get to the defense too, but out outside of that first drive by by the Bucks, I mean. The defense clamped down after that and, and was keeping them in check as well. And you saw, I, I, I understand that the Ravens offense started slow and a lot of people on, on Twitter were melting down that we had to fire Roman. And, you know, it, it's, it makes sense. You know, in the moment, we can get ahead of ourselves. But there were there was instances, though, that particularly in the second quarter where you could see some things starting to work for the Ravens and, Maybe some things would be there later on. Um, I mean, gosh, we're talking about that drive after the punt. Uh, if Lamar's throw was just a little, a, a little faster, and maybe a little to to Andrew's left, excuse me, to his to his right, you know, he could have fit that in for for a touchdown there. That that play was very close to six right there. Just unfortunately, a great coverage there by the Bucks, and then you know, as at the end of the of the first half. Sure, the Ravens were unable to capitalize on points. There was the failed fourth down conversion, like you said. It was almost a touchdown. Uh, And then they got the ball into Tucker's range. 61 yards is Tucker's range. And then Mm -hmm. just, unfortunately, a a team finally figured out how to block uh, that kick. I mean, as much as we love Tucker, just the the physics of it is that when you're kicking from that far, there's a, a huge advantage there for the line to be able to to block that with the trajectory that it physically has to happen there. 
I mean, you know, again, the first quarter, I agree, was was outside of, of that play that almost got them the touchdown. Nothing was clicking. But I, I, I felt the momentum there in the, at the end of the second or the mid-second quarter, those last two drives. It really did seem like the Ravens were starting to piece things together and that the Bucks were just, after after the Ravens figured out, okay, well, okay, the Bucks are going to do this short passing game and the Ravens defense you know, clamped down on that. The Bucks offense just didn't, wasn't showing a second punch. And so it just looked like a hey, Ravens, all they need to do is score a touchdown. This game is tied and, and that might be it. And that's, that's ended up what it, what it ended up being. So yeah, I, I think you really got to give credit to the offense here. I don't, obviously we want them to have fast starts and fast starts are great, but what it felt, what this offensive game plan to me felt like and the execution for this game was just like, you know, steadily increasing the pace of, of a race, pacing yourself for the whole thing. And it was, it took some patience uh, on the offense's part, but once the thing got into full gear, it, it was running everyone over. So um, I understand the frustration, but I, I, I honestly have no problem with how the, the offense started this game because I think that it, it was they were trying that slow churn like we were saying to be able to to capitalize for the entire game yeah that makes sense i, I want to mention a few like difference makers that we can maybe kind of discuss a little bit maybe that'll take us into the second half uh offense and we can kind of talk about what went well there but number one i think gus edwards i think man is really a key difference to this offense and i think you know this is why I think last year's Ravens struggled so much between having him and Dobbins both out. I mean, you can even throw Justice Hill in the mix, honestly, at this point. All three of those guys being out last year. There was that play, I think, uh, the Ravens offense was backed up inside the 10. I think it was in the first half. And uh, you kind of see Lamar and Gus kind of taking a minute to kind of get adjusted. And uh, Lamar ends up passing the ball to, to Gus He's dead to rights, basically, at that point. Somebody blew through the line and was going to tackle him for a loss inside the five. Uh, He's able to shake off that tackle, spin around, and then instead of going left, he now goes right and ends up running for a plus nine yards. Now it's second and one. Uh, A play like that, like, last year at all would never happen with any of the running backs that we had. And, And there are just, like, many plays like that, I think, in this game that really show, of like, you know, the value that these guys bring to this offense is that you turn in like what is going to be a negative play into an immediate positive play. And just having more of those playmakers on the offense, I think is a, I mean, it's really a godsend, right? It's, it, you know, we know Lamar can do it, but we need more of those players on this team. And uh, Gus Edwards, I think at least the running back position, I think is definitely one of those guys. You know, another guy I think for me who who played really well and kind of continued into both parts, um, we hadn't seen too much from him this year, but uh, Robinson, I thought was, uh, you know, really, I think Lamar's kind of security blanket. had a lot of um, clutch catches on the sideline. Uh, he was able to break away and, um, and get some yards after catch on a few of them, kind of running down the sideline. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he did a really great job of just kind of being that guy for Lamar. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you're right, Peter. You know, even though the, the first half didn't kind of look pretty, there were a few key situations where, you know, both those guys kind of stepped up and were able to uh, continue drives. And, and uh, you know, I think they, they kind of built on that a little bit uh, with some of the adjustments in the second half as well. Yeah, for sure, Peter. You're right. With uh, the second quarter, 
you know, the last two drives, we stalled out in the red zone, going for it on fourth down. Play was there. Lamar just didn't quite make the throw. And then the next one, you know, we only had a minute. We went down and got into reasonable range with Tucker. Uh, Prochet had that beautiful catch over the middle that uh, made me really excited. And then, like you said, Chris, if we go to them getting the ball in the third quarter after a uh, three and out, which uh, the defense just dominated, got the ball back to us, boom. I love all these highlights I, I pulled out. You know, Gus and Lamar were running well. Then you had that play where Ricard motions the Duvernay screen off the uh, play action. So they could have handed the ball off in a counter. They had the pulling guard and tackle. They could have done that, but they decided to pull it, throw the ball to Duvernay. He goes upfield just like, I love that play. And then similarly, they did another RPO where they strike Duvernay. And uh, it was just like... Those were the play calls where I was like, yes, where was that all, you know, all the whole first half? Like that just like looks so good. And like the play calls are so good. It was just everything you wanted to see out of the offense in, the, in one drive. Yeah, the, the second the numbers for the second half here are incredible for this Ravens offense. Uh, first drive out of the um, locker room for the Ravens, 77 yards, a touchdown. After that, 80 yards, touchdown, 83 yards, touchdown. 49 yards, field goal, uh, then Lamar's kneeling down. That is perfect. There, there's nothing better that they could have done there. It's incredible that it's, it's taken this long in the season for the offense to have, well, I guess we should step back. I guess the first half in Miami was that uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one, obviously, the offense came too quick, I guess we're going to say. They at least didn't have that same um, that same consistency in the second half, to say the least, but... Yeah, I agree with you guys. The play calling was a lot more interesting, a lot more effective in the second quarter. Was that part of the Ravens' plan as well? I don't, I don't, I don't know. We're also, you know, if we want to take this plan at face value, and then another part of, of what happened in this in this game, we've already alluded to it. Was it was next man up? You go into this game, and we already knew Dobbins was out. And then as the game progressed, the Ravens lost Andrews, and then. Gradually after that, Bateman, and then in the second half, uh, Gus went down. But like you guys already pointed out, we saw huge contributions from Demarcus Robinson, uh, James Prochet, Kenyon Drake had another good game after uh, disappearing a bit against Cleveland. Isaiah Likely, I don't know if we've talked about him yet, but of course we're going to get to him. Um, if you guys follow us on on Twitter, you saw that we uh, we did a little digging and found out that Likely's game, um, huge game significant for him in the fact that he, he tied the Ravens franchise record for number of receptions in a, in a game for a rookie tight end. And he was six yards shy of Mark Andrews record for most receiving yards uh, in a game that uh, we put up a little, little quiz on the Twitter shout out to uh, at Northern flock for guessing correctly that Mark Andrews was the guy who uh, has the Ravens single game record for uh, receiving yards in a game and then uh, also shout out to uh, at Jake Zav I believe uh, for uh, guessing correctly that Max Williams uh, of all people has the Ravens single game record for ra- rookie tight end with receptions now shares that with Isaiah likely six catches for 77 yards all these guys stepped up and had uh better games than we were expecting them to have coming into this, their best games of the season, really. And for that all the click on a short week, 
just excellent. Excellent to see that. You know, we, we as Ravens fans, of course, we're homers. We believe 100% in our depth. And then the reality of the season kind of shows you that, you know, <laughs> It, it's good, but maybe not quite as good as we think it is. But I mean, last, uh, on Thursday night's game, the the depth was ex- was everything that we talked it up to be in in the off season, and we'll see if that continues. <laughs> yeah, the the footwork from Likely uh, to be able to get his feet down the back of the end zone on that touchdown, I think was was really great. Showed off a little bit of his uh, ability to break tackles in the open field and get some yards after catch. Although, you know, there were, uh, I will say there were some other instances I think that, you know, he the safety was kind of playing kind of tight to him and he wasn't able to kind of break as many tackles as, as we would have liked to kind of see. Uh, particularly, I'm thinking like the preseason where it seemed like nobody could tackle him. But but yeah, uh, he had a great game. Uh, very good to kind of see him in that role. We're hoping Andrews will be okay, though got the extended break uh, kind of like the mini buy and then we'll see kind of where his health is but then after that we've got the other buys so you know I, i'm not too worried about him long term uh yet uh hopefully you know hopefully he'll be able to come back and uh, everything will be good but yeah i mean you know we're kind of talking a little bit more about uh, second half adjustments i i, I do you know I, I do feel like we should give greg roman a lot of credit in you know overall a lot of the adjustments um and, and just you know, I like you kind of mentioned it earlier around some of the play calling just seemed a little bit more, you know, a little bit more simplified, a little bit more um, kind of relying on like, you know, just easy, easy options uh, for Lamar to take, right? And, and stuff that's complimentary, right? You mentioned a few of the plays of, you know, kind of using some misdirection, like, okay, make them think that the play is going to go this way, or they can, you know, have an option to go that way, but then they have another option, which is kind of across the field that opens up if they want to take that. Uh, I think there are a lot of those uh, plays in the second half that really, like, jump-started things, made things a little bit easier. Uh, we didn't have to rely on just Lamar standing back in the pocket, waiting for somebody to, to get open 20, 30 yards down, downfield. I'll say one thing that was the, the Ravens were struggling with in the first half that they kind of got cleaned up a little bit more in the second half was pass protection. I think in general was, was a little shaky. Um, at least kind of how I was rewatching seemed like most of the guys uh, on the line, I think were kind of having trouble in, in various periods. Um, Stanley, I think let up one sack, uh, you know, he kind of let his guy kind of go around him on the left and then sort of, I don't know, maybe assume that Lamar had kind of gotten the ball out, but he didn't, and then was kind of slow to kind of react to push the guy back, and he ended up sacking Lamar. But now Moses struggled a little bit on the right. Linderbaum, I think, struggled a little bit. You know, Vea is is a massive man, and I think he had a little bit of trouble with him. Uh, Powers as well. I, you know, for me, I think Zeitler was the only one that I couldn't really see any, like, obvious negative plays during this game. Uh, but that being said, you know, some of the adjustments, like I was talking about earlier, you know, I thought, you know, they did a good job of kind of having Zeitler kind of take up the defensive tackle. He just had a much, uh, you know, better success rate, I think, at getting those blocks and, and pass protection. And they kind of used Linderbaum either um, as, a, you know, kind of looking for help next to Powers or, or somewhere else, uh, kind of use that speed a little bit. Being able to do some other things to kind of put him in better positions, uh, to be able to, you know, make those pass protections. I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, just, you know, adjusting the play calls and 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 trying to make things a little bit more easy, try to get the reads out a little bit quicker, um, adjusting your blocking schemes. I thought all of that was, was really on full display in the second half, and uh, it worked out really well. Yeah, one thing we saw when watching the 
the game is that they finally decompressed the center of the field. They were using options on the outside, throwing outside numbers. And, um, you know, that Duvernay play was an example. A couple passes to Marcus Robinson were outside the numbers. And I think that just, like, using the whole field is a, is a beautiful thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just it really helps uh, open up running lanes, too. I think that's part of the reason the running game was more successful is that we were just not focusing so much right in the middle of the field. I thought the one thing too, like it'd be remiss not to say is in the run blocking, holy cow, did Linderbaum have a, a great game. The clips are going around of him um, going upfield and just, you know, putting a guy on skis for 10, 15 yards. But I thought that what was interesting is also they just went to a more zone running scheme, uh, a little bit more zone than we had seen previously uh, compared to the normal gap scheme and power scheme that we normally see. And I, I think, you know, we also saw some amazing, amazing pools or, um, you know, Stanley in space just like dominating. He sprung off the run for Drake. I think with those two guys healthy and on the team, more zone calls will make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it was really cool that I think there were a, a couple plays back to back. And I think in the third quarter where you kind of saw it was like, you know, man blocking, zone blocking, zone blocking, man blocking, man blocking of like just kind of back to back of it's really cool to kind of see you know just the keeping the defense on their toes and, and kind of switching things up like that I, I do think the the zone plays too were pretty successful I think the first one that I remember seeing I think was like an eight or nine yard run from Gus it was something that you know hopefully our backs kind of have success with and continue to have success with you know I, I think it it may have surprised the Bucks a little bit the to kind of see that uh, come out a little bit but but yeah I mean I think I think it does make a lot of sense um, we're talking about you know the, that was one of the reasons I think that we didn't want to give Linderbaum was that we didn't feel that he fit our scheme but now it's more of Roman like okay well now we have the players to be able to do stuff like this like why don't we throw it in a little bit you know I think it's a good idea I think a lot of people have been calling for it for uh, you know this this offseason so yeah it was it was good to see that it was kind of uh, brought out I can't say it's a vault play because you know i mean we've done it before but <laughs> but it's uh it was cool to kind of uh have it brought out this game and and have uh some relative success right away yeah it we'll have to see if this is a, a trend that the ravens are, are going to do that they're going to incorporate this more often going forward or was this just matchup specific um but regardless of what it ends up being i think we have to be excited with just looking at, at this as, as a halftime adjustment and, and how well it worked for the Ravens um, early in the season. That was a, a bit of a, a frustration uh, among the fan base is, you know, particularly on the offensive side of the ball defensive as well. This team, uh, the coaching staff, not making enough adjustments second half. And I mean, we can, we can debate whether or not that was really the case, but in this instance of this game, I mean that, like we're saying, they came out in the second half and it's completely different game plan completely different way of attacking the the defense and it obviously paid huge dividends as we've already said um and then the only other thing i want to make sure we add in when we're talking about the blocking of course yet yeah, everything we're saying about the offensive line and i'm in complete agreement but i think we also got to highlight uh the blocking of 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 the tight ends too um isaiah likely had some had some key blocks in this game um and you know we've talked all in the preseason like how raw his blocking looked for lack of a better term 
he shored that up a little bit. He shored it up a little bit. Uh, that looked good. And and Pat Ricard uh, in this game, yes, obviously he had the hold. Everyone everyone saw the hold. Lamar called it out <laughs> before the refs did. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he had a lot of great downfield blocks in this game, both as you know the H back and then uh, several times the Ravens had him lined up in line blocking as a tight end um, on rushing downs and some passing downs as well. So I mean, all around the the blo- run blocking in this in this game was one of the best we've seen this year, and it, it paid dividends on on the score final scoreboard. I mean, time of possession this game, Ravens just dominated this uh, almost thirty nine minutes uh, of clock that the Ravens have the football for this game. Seven more first downs than Tampa Bay outgained them by almost actually by over a hundred yards of total offense just a dominant performance and there's just so many it, it wasn't down to one player as as I think we're kind of making obvious as we're going through here it was just a complete team effort by this offense and the coaching staff and you, you love to see that you love to see that especially on a short week and especially on a team that is still not able to to fully get past the injury bug at this time in the season yet I think one other shout out I want to give he didn't have many carries but Justice Hill he has has that extra bit of explosiveness whenever he touches the ball. He averaged seven yards per carry on his four attempts, and just like I just feel like whenever he gets the ball, it just it's a little bit more dynamic than any other options we have at the moment. So I'm glad that he wasn't completely uh, in the doghouse after the fumble last week. He also had a couple key blocks, and all I meant to say, yeah, like likely one of the best blockers uh, that we've seen this year from the tight end position. Uh, apparently, PFF graded him very highly. And uh, and he even made a shout out to it during his presser. Like, I think Harper's going to like my my run blocking. And that's some <laughs> growth. That's some serious growth from him because we remember in the preseason, that was a liability. So if he's able to demonstrate that more and more, he's going to find himself on the field with or without Andrew's availability because that was really, I think, what was holding him back from being a truly dynamic option for this offense was he just looked like a wide receiver. But if he's able to put those blocks in space like he did, I mean, that that dramatically changes the way that teams will approach him. You know what's incredible? We've gotten through this whole discussion with the offense. Have we even mentioned Lamar Jackson's name once? I mean, we did. <laughs> we, said, we said they had some good runs with Gus. But yeah, <laughs> and he threw outside the numbers a couple of times. But yeah, no, you're right, dude. We, uh, can, we've done this before. We can take Lamar for granted. I mean, I, I guess we can, and if we if we really look at it, it was it was a good game. It, it was an excellent game from him. Uh, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, two hundred thirty eight yards through the air, uh, forty three yards on the ground, including a, a twenty five yarder to start out the second half, which really was a I think the t- a, a tone setter. It was a tone setter, not just from him, but from the blocking. That was the play. You've probably seen it by now. If you haven't yet, uh, go back and watch that run by Lamar. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum just basically picks up the defender and just bulldozes him back 15 yards. It's beautiful, beautiful to see. But I mean, yeah, if, if really, it's incredible that the Ravens had such an excellent offensive game and Lamar was just kind of, he was pedestrian Lamar. You know, outside of that run, None of his plays were were super highlight worthy, at least compared to what we were usually used to seeing from him. His numbers, like we're saying, are good, but they're not eye popping. They're not like you don't look at that and you think MVP. That's not really uh, an MVP performance. But 
that's the thing that that's part of what's great about a team win is is your best player can have a great game and be a huge reason for why the team won but just everything else was clicking around him and he didn't have to be he didn't have to be the MVP he just had to be one of the guys just getting stuff done so I I, I think that we still got to commend Lamar though for for going out there and and for seemingly not getting overwhelmed by the fact that the Ravens had a, a poor offensive start and then coming out there in the second half and, and leading the the team to the the gauntlet that they were able to, to put up in the second half. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, my initial kind of reaction, you know, with Lamar is, you know, again, kind of just the story of the offense, right? It's just the first half did not really look very good. There were a lot of throws that I think he probably wanted to have back or he wanted to be able to, uh, you know, put them in, in the right place. Just a few kind of behind, a few low, just kind of inaccurate. But yeah, second half, he came out, he looked a lot better, looked like a little bit closer to, to the Lamar that we want to see every Sunday. I do think this game is a good building block for him because I think the last couple of weeks he has looked pretty rough, uh, frankly. Um you know, I think you know. Even I think last week, uh, the the Cleveland game, I think was probably one of his statistically like worst games uh, of the season. And uh, you know, it's been that way for a few weeks. So you know, I, I think you know we're still kind of waiting for him to go back to the Lamar or getting close to the Lamar of like the first three or four weeks. But that being said, like you know, it, it was not a bad game from him. It was it was definitely good, uh, especially you know if you you know, weigh the, the whole game, including the second half, uh, a little bit more fairly. I, I do, you know, I agree with you. I, th- I think it was good, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got room to improve just like the rest of this offense. And, uh, you know, the good thing is, is we're, we're finally starting to see, Hey, you can, they can score in the second half. Like, all right, let's do it again against the saints next week. And then after the bye, okay, we'll see what we can adjust and we'll keep, we'll keep getting better. You know, that's that's the thing that I really like the most about this team is that, you know, I, I feel like they've definitely learned from 2019 that, you know, you can't peak too early. Uh, you definitely have a lot of growth over the whole season. and You have to be able to make sure that you can put it together near the tail end of the season and, in, and into the playoffs. Uh, because if they peak too early, then, you know, they're going to fall flat in the, the most important moments. So I really hope that they kind of take that to heart and, you know, just continue to, to get better. As good as the offense's second half performance was, um, it would have been a lot harder for them if not for the fact that despite giving up a touchdown to the Buccaneers on the first drive that uh, they were defending that offense, after that point, the defense really clamped down. Uh, they made adjustments after it was obvious what the Bucks were, were going to do. They were going to try and do a lot of short passing game, a lot of screens, take some shots down the field, but only after you know it was really set up by the run. And again, I mean, watching the game myself, like obviously the, it was a slow start, but the fact that the defense just kept the Ravens in the game just really gave you hope that, you know, once again, if the offense just figures something out, then this could actually end up being an easy win for the team. And there's plenty of, of reasons why the Ravens were able to do this. Plenty of guys that we can look at and highlight for their performances. But I think, to start with, to look at what the defense was able to do, uh, second week in a row uh, that the pass rush looked looked really good. Uh, didn't get as many sacks as last week, only three this time. But there were a lot of times where I felt like there was the 
the pass rush was collapsing the pocket really well and getting into Brady's face. And again, like we said, Brady gets the ball out quick. I'm pretty sure they said on the broadcast that that this year he's getting it out at the quickest point in his career. So that's going to make it hard to get sacks in that situation like we've we've talked about before. But I think in this game, we saw yet again the pass rush. It, it's improving from week to week, and it was a big part of this defensive effort on Thursday night. For sure. Uh, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of, you know, really good play on on the defensive line. And, you know, we didn't even have Calais Campbell this game. You know, he sat out from, from his injury or... Uh, I think yeah. he was sick, wasn't he? No, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he yeah. sat out from an illness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to say, Matabuke for me is continuing to really show off on tape um, of just being disruptive and really generating a lot of pressure. You know, another guy on the defensive line who had, you know, maybe not as much of an impact on pass rush, but definitely had an impact this game. I think Broderick Washington had three pass deflections this game, which is incredible. But yeah, I mean, those guys, you know, I, I thought looked great. You know, and I, I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, credit to, to Mike McDonald, man. I think he's continuing to find success in a lot of the, you know, blitz packages that he's sending. One guy who I feel like is... I feel like is is really kind of being that Swiss Army knife a little bit. Alec, you'll, you'll probably be happy to hear this, but like Hamilton, man, I think I think he's been really successful, kind of being that sort of blitzing safety, sort of like dime back. You know, whenever you kind of see him close to the line, it's like you know you know he's either going to be coming on a blitz or he can drop back, um, and he's got the speed to be able to drop back quickly if he needs to on some of those things. And I think a lot of the sacks that you kind of see are from these like little overload blitzes that McDonald's calling and, uh, you know, just kind of like overloading one side of the line. You know, I think if I recall, I think, um, I think Hamilton was in that one of the, one of the two sacks at least that, uh, that Houston ended up with, uh, was kind of a, on a play like that. So I'm excited, man. I just, I think there's, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, good, I think that are still left to come on this, but, um, Defense continues to, to to really improve in that department. Yeah, I am happy to see Hamilton playing better, man. I'll be I'll admit it. Apparently, uh, thanks to Ken Cusick, I guess for some of the stats, he broke it down and said uh, he played twenty eight snaps of dime, like you said, and he had some really effective plays there where he broke up you know pass plays. He was uh, good at rushing the passer, and yeah, he's starting to seem like he's getting more and more of a role. But you know what, man. I got to give props to Geno Stone, too. He's looking really, really good in his role, too, and making it so that no one's screaming for more time for Hamilton, you know, as a, as the starting safety um, for, of course, Marcus Williams being out. Stone's playing great, too. I mean, we really are blessed to have these safeties available and playing at a high level, and I think it really allows the defense to do a lot of good things. Yeah, the play of all the safeties was excellent this game, including Chuck Clark, who... You know, like Lamar just kind of had a, a standard middle of the road Chuck Clark game. <laughs> just you know, we've seen so much before from from him doing it. But yeah, Stone. Gosh, what was that play early early in the first quarter? Uh, there was a, a play, I believe, it was on third down where uh, Stone did that delayed uh, pickup of of Godwin that met uh, fooled Brady into thinking that Godwin had more room than he did, and then Stone just just sprinted all out at Godwin and broke up that pass. That was just a, a, a very smart play, excellent play to see there from from Stone. And, and Hamilton, I, I kind of feel like we got from this game the first 
real preview of what we're going to be able to see from this guy in the National Football League. He made several plays, uh, nothing super highlight worthy, but I think one play that I really like seeing was in the second half, there was there was a play where Brady was trying to to get uh, Otten, uh, Kate Otten, rookie tight end for the Bucks on a, a route in the corner of, of the end zone. And the, the Bengals tried a very similar concept Sunday night football with Hayden Hurst and that play Hamilton was, was called for a penalty on that one. And now of course, Otten himself is a rookie as well. He's also trying to learn to adjust his game to the NFL, just like Hamilton is, but Hamilton was able to deflect the pass uh, that Brady was intending to Otten. And it was good to see, you know, see him uh, perform better in that situation than, than the first time that he had uh, been presented with that in his career. You expect to see that growth from someone who was, drafted as high as he was but still uh that doesn't make it any any less um any less good when it happens yeah i mean it, it was also helped by the fact that that the bucks deep passing game uh, across the middle just wasn't there uh they were able to hit a couple plays on the sideline uh, you got to give credit to brady there it was a, a little frustrating for for pepe he he gave up uh a post to to evans where that was in triple coverage, but really Williams was the primary defender. It looked like on that play, and Brady was still able to to um, loft it in there. And of course, Humphrey had that tough play uh, where Evans is able to get it deep. But yeah, I mean, you you still I still don't think that takes away from anything that the safeties did. They had a great game. Uh, could have had a couple picks. Unfortunately, there was a couple bobbles there, a couple drops. But overall, excellent game from that position group. This game. Yeah, man, there were so many drops, <laughs> so many drop balls. I mean, Humphrey had one early, he dropped. Uh, Peters had one in the end zone. I think it was a throw to Godwin, he dropped. Uh, yeah, it's funny when you mentioned Chuck Clark. I was like, well, he dropped the one in the end zone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, fortunately, like you know, they were pass deflections. Like none of them actually the plays were in question. None of them were actually like touchdowns. Like they were just pass deflections, but. Yeah, I mean, certainly with a you know a defense that was having so much success with turnovers the first couple of weeks with Marcus Williams, it's like, <laughs> come on, guys, <laughs> yeah, like we you know he's going to be out a couple more weeks. We, uh, we we could use a few more of those, but but yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like yeah, I I think it kind of goes to what you were saying earlier, Peter. It, it it really didn't seem like it mattered all that much. Like I mean, you know, Brady was taking his shots occasionally, but there, there's just a lot of I don't know, it just. It, their offense really kind of feels out of sync to me. Um, you know, they had some success with things. Like you mentioned, there were a few blown coverages, and, you know, there was that uh, pass interference call on Stevens that kind of got them down there. But, you know, the the defense was just playing really well and, and covering everything and just, you know, not really letting the Bucks have a whole lot of success. So, yeah, I think, you know, overall, it's just continuing to look a lot better. I think the, you know, the only... The only other like interesting thing here, I guess that we haven't really talked about, is um, we saw a little bit more inside linebacker play, not from uh, Queen and Harrison this week, which is a little interesting. You know, I guess the number one thing is that it wasn't uh, it wasn't too much of a liability. I, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with that. I know, like in the past, you know, certainly we and Everybody else on Ravens uh, Twitter has complained a lot about Queen and Harrison and other players at various points <laughs> in the season or previous seasons. But 
I mean, on Thursday, we had some uh, significant snaps from AJ Klein. Uh, we had some from, from Welch. And, um, you know, I, I thought they looked okay. Welch, I think, still is kind of needs to find his way a little bit more in, in pass protection. I think he's just like has uh, some trouble kind of getting back into his, his zones. Klein, I think, was picked on a little bit in the beginning, but ended up, I think, playing pretty well. Uh, had a couple of tackles in the game. Can, you know, kind of fit well as that kind of backup mic. But uh, I don't know. I mean, did you guys see anything in particular from those guys that, you know, we should talk about? I just saw more of them than I thought I would. I was a little surprised that Malik Harrison didn't play more snaps uh, than he normally did or normally does. I guess it was a little bit more, but not by much uh, with Bynes being out of the game. And we didn't see too much of a pickup from, uh, you know, Kennard and Klein to kind of pick up that slack. I think the big difference was just that the Ravens were able to get a decent lead, you know, to score a lead and that allowed them to play those dime snaps and get more linebackers off the field, which kind of helped, I guess, cover up any of those liabilities. Although Queen and and Harrison have just been playing way, way better this last couple of weeks. Seems like in their third year they're really starting to put it together. Yeah, I agree. Um there were some instances early in the first quarter where the the Bucks did pick on the interior linebacker coverage a bit. Um, they were able to get uh, some big offensive plays, particularly with Godwin uh, in that instance. Um, as the game went on, though, it, like everything else, the Ravens defense was able to adjust and take that away. Um, yeah, I, I will admit that I, I didn't look terribly much at that position group from an individual standpoint. Um, but yeah, again, from a team standpoint, that uh, definitely the, the play there increased as the game went on. Uh, for sure. But yeah, I, I think it was interesting. I, I do wonder, I mean, obviously Josh Bynes was out for the game. Uh, I don't know if that played into anything. Uh, if, if anything, I mean, I guess we would have expected to see more of, of Harrison in that situation. Um, so it, it was definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to see once Bynes comes back uh, from injury, is, is that going to continue? Or, so yeah, definitely something interesting to keep an eye on uh, going forward for this team. I think you bring up a good point, Peter. In the very beginning of the game, the Ravens were playing a lot of zone, and we've seen the zone be pretty effective this year. But Tom Brady is really good at picking apart zones, and that's what he did. He found all those soft spots that will just naturally exist. Even if you're playing it well, there will be soft spots. And the approach was was not effective. So we saw the um, second possession they shifted more to a man look when they got closer to the end zone and it, it clamped down and they were able to stop them from you know getting another score and just getting a field goal. And then after that, you saw a lot more man and that's really what led to a much more suffocating defense. So I'm glad to say that they were able to adjust. I'm a little surprised they did zone in the first place, but you know, kudos to the coaching staff for, realizing that making adjustments and I will say I think that's what we've really been seeing out of McDonald this year is his ability to adjust has been pretty good outside of a couple collapses his adjustments have been spot on anything else to talk about with the defense or MVPs I guess it's not really defense but a special teams play you know we, I want to make sure we definitely highlight that uh, heads up play by Justice Hill he was able to you know gun really effectively and then slightly push you know the other the <laughs> player into the punt returner 
causing the fumble. We were able to land on it and get some points out of that flip field position. So I thought that was a really great play, heads up, and just adds to the value that Hill brought provides it's not just his explosive running ability but he's a really good special teamer and we've seen it time and time again now i think i'm ready for mvps yeah definitely (laughs) hill hill and duvernay are definitely all team all team hustle this year both those guys have just been playing in every snap they're out there they're given 100 which isn't to say that that others aren't but just with those guys it's it's extremely evident um that they're they're just given their all and we're continuing to see dividends from both those guys. Both of them are having career years. And nothing huge from DuVernay on the special teams front uh, this game. But, you know, it's it's still been great to see him him break those when he has the opportunity. I'm sure we're going to see him do more of that going forward. And, you know, we're bringing up DuVernay's name. We got to, again, recognize, again, another guy we glossed over. Uh, stepped up as the and had some big plays down the stretch as well uh, in that next man up offense in the second half. All right, I'll kick it off with the MVPs. I feel obligated to take on Isaiah Likely, my my darling. I love this man, and he had a great game. You know, and he was building. He was building up. I was I was hanging in my notes, you know, nice first down by Isaiah Likely. Nice pass catch by Isaiah Likely. Likely's having a good game. Look at that toe tap, you know, like it just he kept getting more and more notes and and it was his coming out party in the regular season for sure. So, kudos to him, kudos to his blocking. And I hope that this is a key piece of the offensive transformation we see in the second half. Nice. Yeah, he took the obvious one right off out of the bat, but uh, I like it. I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give co-MVP. I'm going to give co-MVP this game. Um, we talked about uh, going into this game. We were really frustrated that Marcus Williams is going to miss. You know, safety play is, is huge when you're playing Tom Brady. We know how much of a, of a pain Ed Reed was for Tom Brady throughout the years. I mean, Brady's admitted it himself as much. Uh, so again, yeah, who was stepping up, had to step up in this game, Geno Stone and Kyle Hamilton, they both did. They had great games as we talked about in the recap. So I, I'm going to give the MVP to to both those guys filling in very nicely for, for the injured Marcus Williams. Nice. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up. I'll, I'll give mine. I mentioned his name earlier, uh, but Kevin Zeidler, I thought had a really great game. Um, like I said, I just, you know, kind of watching the offensive line uh, a bunch this game. You know, the Ravens struggled a little bit early. Uh, the Bucks' pass, pass rush is pretty good. Uh, but one guy who didn't seem to have much trouble this game, Seidler. Uh, I really thought that he, um, you know, he allowed uh, some of the other players to kind of do what they do best, which is why you end up with a highlight of Tyler Linderbaum of on, on Devin White, is that that's one of the things he does do best, is like actually get on space and, and block at the second level. So um, Seidler continue to 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 be just like honestly the best offensive lineman on the squad right now so uh good job man excellent excellent well thanks so much for listening we'll be back later i guess next week this episode will come out probably on sunday be back and recording our preview of the saints game later in the week and doing our nfl picks so definitely make sure to check that out on the youtube channel as those come out and uh, you can follow us on Twitter where you can find other fun historical things that Peter can dig up and other <laughs> content at one winning pod. And you can always email us one winning pod at gmail.com. Go Ravens. Awesome to get back to back wins. Starting to feel it in the air, guys. The Ravens are for real. <laughs> <laughs>